Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the Jamie Sports News Podcast. I'm Ben Con, and I am joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, it's been a while. How are you? It's been a really long time. Couldn't do it yesterday because I was at a T-Pain concert. And uh, Respect. Now, now we're here on a Wednesday. It cannot kind of different, but I, I've been good. Been chilling. Um, graduation is 17 days away. Start the countdown. That's soon. Did you get all your, like, cap and gown and all that stuff yet? Yeah, for 60 bucks. Jeez Louise. It is really expensive, yeah. Give it, give, I, I, student fees. I'm fine with that. That's crazy. That's a lot of money just for a thing you're going to wear once. And yeah, and then hang again. up in my closet and show my kids in 20 years. Kids, this is what I wore when I walked. <laughs> this is amazing. All the memories. This, this, this JMU logo, they've changed it 10 times since. <laughs> yeah. All slight alterations, but you can't use the wrong one or everyone within the university will freak out at you. <laughs> is that a personal story? That sounds a little personal. <laughs> There's just so many times where they would change it and be like, you have to be doing this. And it's like, oh, right. You're also <laughs> apparently even... like not allowed to use the Duke dog head without like special permission. Like they're trying to like. Oh, make, make that special. That not a thing and make it special. And I'm like, that's the best one. Make yeah. it primary. That's <laughs> the good one. Instead of the other one, it's just like bubble letters. J-M-U. Okay, yeah. cool. What are we? Dukes. Come on, man. The Duke Dogs. If you talk to like any ESPN person who just heard of the university, the JMU Duke Dogs. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> you did your research. Remember when Al Roker talked about the great JMU floods of um, what would have been your senior year? I mean, sophomore year. We got a lot of crazy floods. It was the one where kids were surfing on the yeah just through Duke Dog Tunnel. That was classic. We get on like today's show or something, and Al Roker goes, and now at JMU University. <laughs> there's so many, there's stuff like that too. Every time there's like, there are always a bunch of recruits for like whatever sport that are like, so honored to be getting uh, an offer from JMU University. And it's like, <laughs> wow, that's a new one. Where's that located? <laughs> JMU. <-U>. Yeah. <laughs> JMU. <laughs> Just They're the Duke dogs. I love those photos too of like, any recruit for any school in the country where it's just them like in the facility of whether they're visiting and they just look really pissed. And then they post it on Twitter and they're like <laughs> stoked to have visited Clemson. And it's like, why are you flexing like in the locker room or just like, why are you so mad? <laughs> Smile, <laughs> they're man. It's a picture. Or they're wearing the Jersey that every other recruits wearing acting like that's going to be oh, good times. I like, depending on the school, you see like huge differences in like muscle mass of the players there's some people that are just like shredded and they're flexing i'm like whoa and there's other people that i'm like huh like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna really benefit from the college strength program my man <laughs> that's me living on twitter all the time how's your screen time looking when it comes to uh... my screen time was bad last week because i had like a, a master's DraftKings lineup and I was super into it, and I was constantly checking it, and I won no money, and it was terrible. I had – there was this online betting site, and I had, like, midway through the second round, I was going to bet, like, 50 bucks on Tiger to win. And then I was like, don't – just don't do it. How much, sure. would you have, how much would you have netted from that? It was, like, probably 
three or four hundred, I think. Oh my gosh! So it would have been nice, like, and I and he was like already playing well and close. It was just the leaderboard was so crowded. I was like, I'm gonna be pissed when like Brooks Koepka wins, but <laughs> I missed out. Big mistake. Oh, that would have been big. That would have been big time. I would have felt so good about myself, but <laughs> I don't know. One day. One day. All right, so let's jump into this softball. They won two games today. They swept Duke. They won eleven to three in the first game. I think it was like a six inning mercy rule. And they won six to five in the second one. They were down five three, but scored the final three runs of the game. Odyssey Alexander had a home run where she hit it and immediately dropped the bat because it was just so far out of the stadium. <laughs> so that was that was pretty good. They're looking good. I think their RPI coming into the week is thirteen. So yeah. it, it looks like they're they're kind of making a run at an NCAA tournament seed, right? I, I like their chances. They, I mean, when you – I remember you tweeted out a while ago, can they go on like a 40-game winning streak? Right. Um, things kind of haven't – They did not do that. With that. They lost to Elon, I think, like two or three games after you tweeted that. Yeah, it was a big but mistake. if they went out and win their conference, I think it's a hard – I think it's hard not to give them a seed. Yeah, I would agree. I think that they've had a – a good number of quality wins and the rest and of the quality skip. losses. Yeah. Yeah. Their losses aren't, I mean, they haven't really lost to a bad team. Um, yeah, Elon's yeah. not terrible. So I don't think you can really fault them for, for many of those losses. And they really had two. they lost to Arizona and Arizona state. Both of those, they were like, I think they were up one or two. They mm-hmm. let the game get tied and then they gave up walk off home runs. Those are both were at least ranked at the time. So that could have, really changed sort of their outlook in terms of seeding. But still, I think they're, they're, they've shown the ability to be competitive. I think they'll be fine. The schedule the rest of the way is not particularly challenging or yeah. scary. So I don't, I don't, they got a good chance of winning out and, and getting a seed, I think. And the CA is not very good. It's not. It's not. They're pretty average. They're all like in the low-ish 100s in terms of RPI. And like most of them are like 500 in terms of overall record. And, they have some good games and they have lots of bad games as well. So JMU's like head and shoulders above the rest of the conference, which is helpful, I guess, when you're trying to st- pad your stats and your overall record, I guess. Yeah, that Elon loss, their one conference loss, was just weird. Yeah. They just couldn't hit the pit. I think it all just depends on in softball, are they going to face a good pitcher? 100%. Because this offense is really good, but. They do seem to get in dry spells at times. I mean, it's very similar to baseball. Mm-hmm. They have the bats, but it just seems like there's times where either they get in their head or they get the yips or something where things just don't happen the way they're used to happening. Yeah, they've had a lot of games this year where they haven't really had their best stop, either pitching or hitting. So, like, when they beat Duke 6-5 to five in the second game, that was Megan Good's start. So she gave up three earned runs and then five total runs. Two of those were unearned. They do make a good amount of errors in the field, um, a mm-hmm. little more than you would like, and those kind of cost them at times and has has definitely hurt them in some games this year. But I mean you look the worst loss, obviously the twelve nothing five inning mercy rule loss to Virginia Tech, which was yeah, sort that, of a weird one. That was really weird. Too. So I mean they've had a few games where they haven't brought their best stuff, and you're right, the offense can go cold at times. So that's definitely gonna be the focus, at least for me, watching them the rest of the way and then in the postseason is can the offense consistently hit? Yeah, and I mean, all it, for them to get a College World Series berth, all it takes is one good weekend. I mean, I know right. I know their goal is to get further than the College World like go deep into the College World Series, but right. I mean, just to get in, it's a big feat for them, and, and all it takes is a good weekend. 
and they've shown that they can really do that. Exactly. Yeah. You get the regional, which it looks like, you know, we think they'll probably get a top 16 seed. So you're hosting a regional, which gives yep. you a really good chance because you're at home and you're not playing any other seeded teams. And then the super regional is just a three game series, you know, just best two out of three against whoever you're going up against. Um, so, I mean, at that point, when you have Megan Good and Odyssey Alexander, and you've got, you're just playing three games, you know, maximum. Yeah. At, at that point, you know, you never know. So they definitely have a chance. And it's sort of that same sort of game by game style in the Women's College World Series. So it's, first of all, it's very intense. Like it's crazy when it's like that game by game and that important in every game. But it's also, it sort of evens the field a bit if you have good pitchers, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I, what's been weird though this season is Megan Good doesn't seem to be as dominant as she once was pre-injury yeah she's been pretty solid batting and seems similar but she's she's definitely not at least as consistent maybe overall pitching I don't know if there's like rust from missing a whole year or if she's still sort of because I don't know the exact time frame of when she was able to get back like yeah you know in the gym and all those things too building up like leg strength but yeah I think that's definitely something to note because She's got after I think after today's games, she's got a one point seven four ERA, which is still very good. <laughs> but I think her career ERA is like right around one. It was point nine seven going in. It raised when she gave up three or whatever, but still really solid. But you're right; she's definitely shown the ability um, to give up a few more runs. And both her and Alexander have given up a lot of home yeah. runs, which is sort of surprising, but also maybe the key moving forward is that if they can limit that in the postseason, limit the home runs, I think they have a chance to go deep, but they could also get burned in a game where they have a lead for five or six innings. And then they give up like a late home run or something like yeah, that. I, it's an interesting team to watch. For sure. For sure. And lots of young players. Cause Megan's the only, only senior on the is, roster. Is there just a youth movement in Jamie sports? They, I feel like they've had, like, the last three to five years overall, the recruiting has just been unreal across the because board. Because softball's a young team. Baseball's a young team. Yeah. Football was a young team last year. Basketball, mm-hmm. I feel like we talk about, is a young team. Both of them. Right. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they're bringing in some talented recruits, which I think it's also magnified, too. We've talked about this a little bit. It's just, like, kind of how bad the CA is at some sports is that when you're bringing in, like, these – these three-star and, and top-level recruits, and they're going up against CAA competition. Sometimes it can look yeah very ugly at times. That's really – yeah, I didn't even think of it like that, where they're bringing in no-star recruits, and JMU's bringing right. in people that are vying for low – F well, in the terms of football, but right. bringing guys that are vying for low FBS offers and they decide to come here can really blow the competition out of the water. Definitely. And talking about Megan Good, she was drafted into the, I think it's the National Pro Fast Pitch um, Softball yes. League. So she was drafted by the USSSA Pride, Triple S. She will join Jalen Ford, her former JMU teammate. Shameless plug. I have a little story. I spoke to Jalen. She's in Japan right now playing overseas, and she was kind enough to hop on a quick phone call. Um, and I talked to her about that, and she said that when she heard the news, she fist pumped and yelled a little bit. She was pretty excited, not only to have Megan on her team, but also to not have to play against her, <laughs> which made sense. So I thought that was interesting. That's on jmusportsnews.com. It's pretty short if you want to check it out. But also, I wanted to get your take. 
Um, I think TJX tweeted a video talking to Megan Good um, and her reaction on getting drafted. She said she she didn't even know and wasn't even watching the draft. If that's your if that was you in that situation, you're getting drafted into a professional league. Would you know? So I would know, and I'd also be watching. Granted, I can understand not watching. It was on Facebook Live, so like yes, maybe difficulty getting there. I don't know, but I would definitely know if I got drafted. Like. My entire career, maybe softball is different, but like I feel like your entire career, you've kind of been building to become a professional athlete, and you have the opportunity to. And you're just like, (laughs) oh, I got drafted in the second round, pick 10. Okay, good for me. Like, what? That is the most, I tweeted that it was the most Megan Good moment ever, (laughs) where she (laughs) just like is insanely good and just almost doesn't even care about how great she is individually. Just like, oh, just focus on the season. Had some homework, so I <laughs> didn't, you know, worry about getting drafted, which is pretty hilarious. Um, just she's very unselfish, and having spent so much time with the Breeze interviewing her and Brian Shore, it was just constant, like, humble quotes. Not the most exciting <laughs> interviews for, for either, but both really great teammates and and solid representatives of James Madison University. But it was just crazy to me to watch that video and ever be like, oh, I didn't even know I got to. How do you, like, just like, yep, peak making like, good. Your teammates say, hey, congrats. And then you're saying, yeah, thanks, guys. I did really well on my last test. I didn't realize you guys knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got drafted into the <laughs> national pro fast bit. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm playing with a former team. Like, I don't know. I feel like you just crazy. have to keep your, like, my, like, your eyes at least partly, like, I know it was so funny because I was talking to Jalen too and and Jalen Ford said that you know she took time out of her like morning the next day in Japan to watch it live so even she was tuned in obviously she's on one of the professional teams but she said she was like part of the reason she was watching was to see where Megan went so it's it's funny to see that even in Japan she's taking the time and you got Megan and Harrisonburg (laughs) just couldn't care less she's so focused on the team's results that, yeah, that's the most, like you said, the most Megan Good thing of Megan Good. I think Mike Vandervoort, the uh, marketing guy, yeah. tweeted, I don't know if it was at you or, or at TJ's yeah. thing, but he said after they won the CAAs a couple years ago and every all media wanted to talk to her, she was like, there's 20 other girls on this team. Why don't they want to talk to her then? It's like, she, I, <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, she would always <laughs> do stuff like that. I remember – she like hates the camera interviews too or at least she did when i was there i remember i was interviewing her once and then she was like oh my god i have to do an interview and then she's like oh thank god it's not on tv it's like it's like one of the very few college athletes who's like oh god a tv interview damn it (laughs) like what like most people aren't concerned with that but she's certainly different in the way she goes about yeah without without a doubt and now we have to move on to the baseball team that I can't figure out. I haven't been able to figure out for like five years, and I don't think I ever no. will. They had a nine-game losing streak. I was tweeting about how we, <laughs> we were going to have to take our socks off to start counting how many losses they had because we were running out of fingers. And they end up now going on a three-game win streak. They're currently on a three-game winning streak. They beat Maryland 14-1 to after they broke the losing streak. I forget who it was. But one of the players tweeted at us and was like, keep your socks that was, on. I think it was it was a pitcher. I know that much. Yeah, it was one of the pitchers. Was, when I saw that tweet, I geeked. I was like, they literally – I just found it hilarious that, like, he 
pays attention to us. I thought it was funny because I don't know that he followed us or not. So he might have, he obviously saw it somewhere. And then it was like a day or two earlier. So he had sort of saved it and was waiting for the streak to end, <laughs> I think, just so he had yeah. that thing ready to go. But what do you make of this team that went on a nine-game losing streak, is now on a three-game winning streak, and just beat the crap out of Maryland? I think it just shows how streaky these bats mm-hmm. are. I mean, there's hardly been a series where both pitching – I don't think there has been a series. Maybe Norfolk State but maybe even not. There has not been a series where both the pitching staff and the bats have come alive at, alive at the same time. And I think right. this team's really scary if those both kind of click at the right time, but it just hasn't happened. And in that nine-game losing streak, there was games where they put up nine runs and they lose 10-9. And you just don't lose a game. You can't lose a game when you put up nine runs. But And then there are other games where – they lose 3-0, and the bats just could not hit the broadside of a barn. So I think on this three-game winning streak, I mean, 14-1, to I didn't really watch the game. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know why I said really. But that looks like a good, <laughs> like the bats and the pitching staff both clicked at the right time. I mean, you don't, you don't beat in, what, Maryland's ACC? Big 10, oh, I think. You don't beat a Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You don't beat a Big Ten team, though, 14-1. to Like, just by happenstance. So, but I really don't understand this team. Just, I don't understand the streakiness. It's just so confusing and like doesn't make any sense at all. Just how, I mean, I guess some of it is like the lineup's young, but it's still, how can they be so good some games and then really struggle? I guess some of it's maybe the pitchers are going against, but it's just, it's confusing. It's, I, it's I mean, there's time. Weird where this team swings at every single ball and watches every single strike that goes by. And there's other times where they're just absolutely seeing the ball perfectly. And I never really got much past coach pitch baseball in my young days, but I, I just, so I can't really speak on it much of how you can see the ball so well one day and just completely can't read it. I mean, maybe it is the pitcher that much where he's delivering it from, but it's just wild how, Street, I, I keep saying how streaky this guy, this this team is. Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting. The good news is they have six consecutive games all at home coming up after a couple games this weekend and one next week against Virginia, where they'll play Hofstra and Towson, and both of those teams are pretty bad. So you think that Jamie you might be able to grab, you know, four of those, five of those, maybe six if they're really feeling it. But they'll make a run, I think, getting thirty wins. It's going to be close, and they're they're kind of right on the cusp of getting into the top six in the CAA to play in that conference tournament, which would at least be a good step in the right direction for yeah. them. But it's, I mean, it's just crazy because they looked really bad. Then they go out and pick up two solid wins that they needed against William Mary in the conference race. And then they beat Maryland 14 to one, which I, I thought there was a chance they could win that game, but I didn't it's think it would be 14 to one. that kind of score. I was looking at the Maryland baseball Twitter account and they were tweeting about a bird like in the stadium with a nest in the eighth inning. That's how bad they were getting <laughs> killed. Like I would not have expected the Maryland Twitter account to have to resort to be like, there are animals here, like when they're <laughs> playing JMU baseball. So just very surprised by that outcome. But I, I don't know. I guess they're, they didn't lose confidence during that nine-game losing streak, which is, I guess, a positive sign for your JMU yeah, The thing with this, specifically this conference schedule, because that non-conference schedule is pretty weak. 
But with this conference yeah. schedule, it it seems to be very almost heavy lo- front loaded. I mean, Definitely. Elon, Charleston, I mean, Delaware, they shouldn't have lost that game. But I mean, it's just so many of the best teams in the CAA. They played first. And now, like you said, into the William and Marys, the Hofstras, the Towsons, where they can win a series away from Veterans Memorial Park. And they should win the series away from Veterans Memorial Park. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more winning streaks here and there as they start to face competition that they should beat up on. Right. And they're four and eight in conference. They have three straight non-conference game and then those six games at home against relatively easy squads. So they could easily get, you know, if they put a, a good weekend together or a couple weekends, they could get, get back to 500 in conference just by going five and one, which would completely change sort of the complexion of the season and sort of how everyone's viewing it. So, they do have a chance to sort of turn things around despite a nine-game losing streak in the middle of the season. So that's a good positive. And I guess that's also the benefit of that easy non-conference schedule that you mentioned is now the overall record doesn't look that bad. It's close to 500 despite having just a terrible stretch in the middle of the Yeah, year. I think terrible is kind of an understatement. Now, right, a couple right. of those losses too are like right there and you just yeah. can't hit the ball to end it. That is rough. Lacrosse, not as not rough. Not as rough at all. I mean, a double overtime win is great. Beating up on who they beat up on? Hofstra? Hofstra they took in, in double OT, and then they beat – I forget they who they killed. Uh, Drexel. They beat Drexel. Same, same color. It's all those blues. It's confusing. It throws you off. Huh. But, man, they're good. But yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> – they're rolling. Yeah, they're pretty much the same where it's like when they play top 10 teams, they've lost. When they play teams that aren't top 10 teams, they've won. So They'll make um, a nice little run. Yeah, I think we think they're probably going to win a couple NCAA tournament games and then lose. Eventually. A little plug for lacrosse. Um, I'm writing a feature story Ooh. on Natalie Facillo, the defender, coming out on JMU Sports. Oh, I have to write that still in the next couple of days. Oh, man. <laughs> I did all, did all the interviews. I talked with Coach Shelley, Natalie, and Natalie's dad. Because if oh, you nice. look at her story, she has had a lot of injuries um, through high school and college. So read up on that when that comes out. She's arguably the best defender on Jamie Lacrosse after she really. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 my is girlfriend it, just walked it. into my room. I'm going to cut this out 107. <laughs> you can't cut this out. Can't cut that out. That has to stay. <laughs> She's 100 of the best of that. I thought you saw like a spider or something. Oh, that was really <laughs> scary. <laughs> okay. Arguably one of the best defenders on JMU lacrosse. You can't cut that. That has to stick. That's quality. Oh, oh. And just to see her story from freshman year of high school to now and what she's had to overcome to be this type of player is really amazing. So be on the lookout for that. And JMU's lacrosse defense has been phenomenal this season. It has, yeah. And that sounds like a kind of a scary story given your reaction there. <laughs> there might be some fear as well. No, that's really cool though. That'll be 
that'll be good to see. Cause that's a team I think that maybe had crazy expectations coming into the year. They were a little bit too high just because of how they finished last year winning the championship. Yeah. But um, it's a good team. It's a really good team. And hopefully they get appreciated for, for all the effort they put in. And they're, they're another team that's pretty young. Yeah. Best team. And I'd argue best team in the CAA. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not really much argument They're Like you put on here one win away <laughs> from number one seed in CAA tournament. So. Very true. Speaking, I have no transition here. <laughs> Today has not been our day in transition. Speaking of JMU sports, <laughs> Jimmy Moreland, the draft is approaching. It's a week from tomorrow, or I guess today, if when you're ever you're listening, a week from Thursday, the 25th. This is the 25th of April, right? Yes, sure. The draft is approaching, I guess, the first day. He's not going to be drafted on the first the day, second. so he'll probably get drafted maybe the second. Maybe the third. He might be a third-day pick. Regardless, Jimmy Moreland is probably going to get drafted. What do you think in terms of round? What do you think in terms of team? I have no knowledge of this, but I'm just going to guess. And what do you think about his size? Will it be a huge limitation? Because I've seen a lot of stuff saying that his size is sort of the one drawback, but his production's there, his test results are there. So how much do you think that holds him back both in the NFL and then also um, his draft stock? So... I think really all it takes is one team to fall in love with him. And I think Mm -hmm. teams have. I mean, stats don't lie. He was going up against tall guys. And like, yeah, the FCS is different competition than the FBS and Power 5. Mm -hmm. But he's still going up against guys like, I mean, he didn't really shut down Dallas Godair. But guys like that. I mean, he's going up against 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Receivers and he was shutting them down. Yeah, he does get a little handsy at the top of his routes. Yeah, he does get called for stupid penalties that probably shouldn't happen. Yeah, he is an opportunistic yeah. corner and he will get burned from time to time. But he he knows his limitations and he plays around them so well that I think him being 5'10", 190, 195, whatever he is, I, I don't think that is that big of a problem, specifically because he's going to be a team slot corner. He's going to be their third or fourth right. corner, so he's going to be matching up against the other team's third or fourth best receiver, theoretically, who's going to be that right. 6'1", 6'2", 220 type of receiver. And in, I mean, in the NFL, who knows what that weight program can do to him. Right, yeah. I mean, I think I read something that said he's added like 15 pounds since he started training in Florida. So he's already bulking up a bit. He's a really solid player, and I think, at least from my perspective, I'd rather have somebody his size that competes really hard and can make plays than someone who's 6'2 or 6'3 and bigger that you know doesn't have the track record of having good ball skills or having necessarily the same speed that Jimmy has. So I do think it'll probably, it'll probably knock him down a little. If he was not as tiny or as small as he was, which is easy for me to say, I'm sure he's bigger than me, but as small as he – he is compared to some of the other corners out there. I think he could be a, like a second round kind of pick. Yeah, um, but I, I think I'll sort of fade a little bit because of that. But you're right; it just takes one team to like what they see, to like what they see on tape, to to know what he can bring. And he's also got speed and tackling ability, which can be valuable yeah. on special teams. So he's he's a versatile player. I'm excited to see where he goes, and I hope he's a lion. That's what I'm rooting for. I'm a Lions fan, and I think we could use him at corner. <laughs> So uh, that's my prediction. He's going to be a Detroit wow. Lion. And um, he's going to win, I don't know, four Super Bowl MVPs. Okay. Um, bold prediction. I want him to be a Seahawk, uh-huh. but I know Seattle's scheme is 
the exact opposite of what Jimmy Moreland is. Seattle likes big big corners with long arms who are physical at the line, not short guys who get a little handsy. But I think <laughs> despite what Blake Pace keeps saying about the Colts, I think, yeah. I think Jimmy Moreland is going to go to the Giants in the fourth or fifth round. I think reunited with Everett Withers. With Everett Withers. Exactly. Exciting. Well, I think that's a big reason he's going to the Giants. Just because Withers knows yeah. what he is. Withers recruited right. him. Withers saw him right. grow. And Withers was also the one that, according to the Greg Medea piece, left that manila envelope on Mike Houston's table and said, call up this kid and bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see him going to the Giants and playing under Withers. I think that'd be really cool to have them back together and we know the kind of defensive mind that ever withers is terrible you know, what? He's, he's, he's sure to have have them rolling no i think he'll be good as a just a positional coach though if he does have a lot of experience in football so i think he'll be solid but that'd be interesting and if jimmy moreland does go to seattle hypothetically would he have to post like a video <laughs> of him yeah. in bed being like hey seattle i'm coming to he seattle has to get in bed with um uh, I'm trying to think of someone that would be funny on the Dukes. No idea. But, yeah, he'd have to make that video 110%. He could just do it with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson just have the whole team over, and they can be like, hey, Seattle. <laughs> and then have Seattle We're excited for the season. Dukes. I mean, go off. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a funny video. So weird. Oh, man. The schedules came out today. I looked through the Lions, and um, – I think they're going to go nineteen and zero with a Super Bowl victory, and I don't, you know, no bias there. I was just looking <laughs> through it, and every time I see a game, I think they're going to win. I like the locker room camaraderie is really what I think sets them yeah. apart. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What they lack on the field, they make up for in brotherhood. Oh, man, being so, a Lions fan must be hard. Yeah, well, <laughs> they <laughs> they haven't had an zero and sixteen season in a while, and <laughs> things are looking up. Matt Patricia, though, he needs to get rid of the pencil behind his ear. That's a different story, I guess. But it's just awful. It's like, football coach. And most of the time, they're using tablets. Like, why do you have a pencil? Get rid of the pencil. If Jimmy Moreland, if you're listening and if you go to the Lions, take the pencil out of his ear. Could you imagine Jimmy Moreland going up to Patricia and just pulling the pencil out of his ear? Like, hey, got it. <laughs> I actually probably could, yeah. I feel like that's something you could do. With his size and ability. Yes, with his quickness. His cat-like quickness. But I am excited to see how it all goes. I'm surprised he's an 85th overall prospect. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of good buzz for him the last last week And, I mean, size clearly doesn't limitate – limitate? Is that a word? Um, what teams want in their quarterback, so why not not what they want in their cornerback? And see what I did there? <laughs> Jimmy Moreland, could he play in the Wildcat? Oh, let's start that rumor. Jimmy Moreland reportedly said he can play in the Wildcat. Um, I, I can't reveal Reported, my reports. Sources are saying Jimmy Moreland willing to take snaps. That's us. We're the complete, source. We have no information. Complete sidebar to this. Did you see the Twitter account of NFL schedule leaks yesterday? No, was it real? This guy tweeted the entire schedule for each team, (laughs) like in depth. Was it right? 
and then at about 11 p.m. midnight last night, tweets, yeah, guys, these are all fake. I just was tweeting it. He goes, <laughs> I started this with 16 followers. I now have 16,000 followers, so thanks. <laughs> I love Twitter because they have no idea how to police anything. So you can literally just say anything you want, and like 90% of people believe it. It's I like amazing. that one. Which is also scary when it's real news, but for like sports stuff like that, it's What hilarious. was it that I fell for and then you like completely called me out? Oh. There was, there was something funny. Oh, the the one guy said that the Colgate best basketball player they left him in the airport, <laughs> like a like a Home Alone situation. <laughs> and there were there were like actual media members that were like, "This is terrible." And it's like, it didn't happen. <laughs> there was also the fake like like a day after that, there was like that fake Mike Trout walk up video, and people were like, "This is amazing." Oh, yeah, and it's like bookie. he's the road team in this video, and Cliff Lee is pitching. And there's also they'll now just put that over anything. Um, they put it over <laughs> him robbing a home run, and they're like, "This is what he gets when he makes a good defensive play." And there's so, like thousands of people are like, "This is this is baller. This is so true." There's like a Tiger Woods video too. It does the same thing where it's like in real life he was watching a video of people compliment him, complimenting him, and then the video that people post is like. Everyone insulting him, and he has a little smile, and they're like, I love his reaction to that. It's like, what wasn't his reaction to that? Okay, so Twitter makes me back to uh, James Sports. That was a nice little side. Yes. Yes. Jimmy Moreland will get drafted. It'll be hype. Tennis will be playing tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, I think both of them have like conference tournaments. Okay. Um, Both in Elon, North Carolina. That's about all I know. Go Dukes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, neither neither do the I. Whole situation. All right, we'll see. Basketball. We got Greg Jones transferred. Matthew Urbach is in the transfer portal. Might leave, might not. What do you feel about Greg Jones transferring? It makes yeah. sense. Um, I think with the guys they're bringing in, it was kind of hard to see him getting a lot of playing time. And he already, over his two years, he averaged 13.2 minutes and 2.2 points per That's game. That's a lot of points. Um, he was. A lot of points. He's more of a defensive guy, but it's like I don't know that with the guys coming in that they want a guy that's just going to be a defensive guy. Yeah. So I think it makes sense for both parties. I think JMU can can sort of take advantage of that and just play their other guys. And I think good for Greg Jones if he can find a spot where he'll get more playing time. The rest of his yeah, and I kind of – I was talking to a lot of people about it today. I kind of feel like Greg – there's a lot of hype going in to this last season with Greg and like this whole roster. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he could have been the three guy, what Darius became, but I mean, yeah. offensively, but it just seemed like he never really developed an offensive rhythm or found his flow within the offense. And then Darius kind of took over the three Dwight started to really come into his own and take over the five and the four was just kind of a revolving door of people. And I just think Greg never right. really caught on. Cause I, yeah, like you said, great, deep ender but i don't think he fit the offensive scheme here right and he he had a few like surprising threes that he would hit sort of toward the end yeah. of the season but it, his shot wasn't necessarily you know the best shot you'll see um he was just more of a gritty defensive player and i think that for the last two years it definitely made sense to have somebody like that getting some minutes but i think with what they're bringing in at the three in like four-ish spots with some of those like taller, lengthy guards that can really shoot the yeah. three. It it was just kind of hard to envision, at least in my opinion, him getting a lot of minutes, so I understand it. And then 
kind of a similar thing for Urbach, who hasn't officially left. He might come back, um, but he is in the portal. Sort of a same thing there where they're bringing in a lot of guards that can yeah. shoot. Quinn Ritchie's a guy that sort of does a similar thing. Um, yeah, I mean, just really hard on the roster, especially with the recruits coming in, to get any playing time at shooting guard. Um, so so I wouldn't be stunned if he did follow through and transfer, and if he doesn't, I read something that Shane Metlin wrote that there's a chance um, they might potentially ask him to become like a preferred walk-on for wow. a year. So, so maybe that's something that was sort of in the works, and that's why he's in the portal. So I wouldn't be stunned to see him go, and I think sort of a similar thing with Greg Jones. I don't know that it, it necessarily hurts Jamie that much. I think it could be a good thing for Urbach as well to get more playing time. Um, but I guess we'll see how that plays yeah, out. Yeah, Urbach I was kind of sad about because it was always fun when he'd come in for the three minutes a game and drill his three-pointer from the corner. He was solid when he came in. I guess defensively he was a little bit of a liability at times. But offensively he was awesome in his limited yeah, he, playing Yeah, he time. could shoot lights out, but I guess he didn't yeah. play defense. Yeah, and it's just hard, too, when they're bringing in freshmen that are maybe a little more athletic and can defend and can still shoot the three and get to the yeah. rim, that it makes it kind of tough. But I, I actually don't think that losing transfers that aren't getting a lot of playing time when you're bringing yeah. in really talented recruits, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad sign. I, I think it, it means, yeah, I mean, if I really feel like if Roe wanted to keep these guys, he could do it. I mean, he recruited mm-hmm. Christmas here. Like, if Roe felt right. like that their best opportunity was here, he wouldn't let them right. go. But Roe also loves his players and loves his guys that he probably knows that, yeah, Greg and Matt, like better opportunities are probably out there. Like I can't guarantee you you'll have a lot of PT next year. I can't guarantee you'll have any PT next year. So go out and, and try to help yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with a coach sort of being like, hey, you know, maybe it does make sense for you to transfer if, if you're looking for yeah. playing time. So, yeah, like you said, I think it's it's probably in everyone's best interest in some regards. And, again, we'll see if Urbach actually does transfer, but I, I could see him doing that, I think. And if he's going based off of playing time, it would probably make sense for him to transfer. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, anything else we have to add? I don't know if there's anything else that I missed or did not miss. I, I think we covered it all. I think that's pretty much it. Women's golf finished sixth out of eight teams in the CAA tournament, so their season is over. Man. Yeah, kind of a disappointing finish, but um, showed some good signs this year. Got some good young talent. Yeah, so I'll agree with you on we'll that. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. We'll see what happens. Lit. Next year. Well, yeah. if there's nothing else to add, this is a quick episode looking down at it. Kudos to us. Good Good job. Well, finally, I guess we're not as long-winded as we used to be. That's good. Making progress. One day we'll get down to 10 minutes, and you guys will be begging for our one. All 19 listeners will be begging for our one-hour episode. (laughs) Begging. (laughs) Guys, please, please. We want all the content. (laughs) If Yeah, if you do want longer, if you want three, four, five-hour episodes, tweet at us saying, (laughs) oh, well, we want all the content, and we will. (laughs) We will Actually, we won't. We won't do that long, but we'll we'll favorite your and tweet. And then maybe. we'll retweet it maybe if it's funny. Yeah, if it's good. Yeah. So bring the content. Go to www.jmusportsnews.com. Check out the article by Bennett on Megan Good and Jalen Ford reuniting yes. with the USSSA Pride. <laughs> um, check us out on Twitter at jmusportsnews.com. That, no, that was so wrong. Wow, I'm tired. 
Check us out on Twitter <laughs> at JMP Sports News. Um, tweet us what you want to hear on the podcast. Tweet us with things you want to read about. Tweet us with what you ate for lunch. We really don't care. Give us a follow. Yes, two. we would. Um, engagement. Yeah, engagement. Let's get all the numbers up. For Bennett Conlin, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube